0: Back in the saddle oh, again. Oh, it feels good to be back. Oh, right. it feels good to be back again. Yeah,
1: and uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it feels it feels good to not only be back, but to be very
0: far apart. <laughs> I, I know we're normally like five inches from each other, staring at each other, talking. But now we're we're almost an entire city apart. I, I mean, I think we could almost, well, yeah, because I'm, I'm sort of mid Queens, so we're not an entire
1: city apart, uh, but d- just so everyone knows, Patrick uh, lives in a, in a very different part of town from me, and uh, our, our interviewee yeah. is uh, phoning in today, and so uh, Patrick, like he does with all of his performances, is phoning in as well.
0: I'm going to phone it in, I mean, it, because I never want to show up anyone else on stage, and so they're the bar that I try to fall under basically.
1: They, they you know what they, that's exactly what you you are you are so kind and giving to our guest today that you decided to do this entire episode
0: from the comfort of your own home. Um, oh, oh oh exactly because if she's going to be on the phone I of course want to be on the phone too. It's only the 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 proper and courteous thing to do as a co-host. Ah, I love it.
1: Well, let, let's get right into it um cuz I yeah, I all right, I'm yeah, pretty yeah, sure that at this point in time, I am never going to make it, and I'd like to tell you why. Please tell me, please. I don't have any money, and and <laughs> I yeah. um I, I I like there's I, I went I went bowling today, and it is separate from my theatrical career. I I am an amateur. Oh oh do you have a bowling career? Are you are
2: bowling? You trying to get some uh, career's
1: career is an intense word to put on what I do. I I do bowl, um, a hobbyist, but I I was I was thirsty and watching all these guys drink all this beer around me and boy do I love beer. And you know, I I don't know if you've been to a bowling alley in Manhattan in recent years, but they don't charge like regular amounts for crappy beer. They charge in enormous amounts for crappy beer and oh yeah oh, and yeah. I just I had to sit there wantingly um, for the for the entire experience and um, I, I was I was pretty sure I wasn't gonna make it I I I did I mean I'm you know I've made it to the comfort of my own home now but boy, right 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 you made it back it was it was heartbreaking and difficult and and it and it affected my score because um, when I first got there, uh, super sober, but not sad uh, i I had the the best score of my career in in bowling, and after uh, getting real depressed watching other people drink this beer that I wanted um i I went back to my so normal score, which I'm was not is... breaking a hundred,
0: yeah. So what I'm hearing is, is that you're not going to make it as a performer because you can't buy beer. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's so this, exactly right. I don't. I, I hope that that. Did... <laughs> I mean, that's true. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I feel, I feel bad for you. So, okay. So tell me, how does this, how does this correlate to your career? And, and for, for you, how how does how do the two not meet up? Well,
1: I, I live in New York City to be a performer but there's like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an onion, and there's many layers to this onion. Uh, one of them is bowling. Uh, one of them is, is uh, uh, my, my marriage. Um, uh, there, there are multiple facets to my life, and not being able to maintain all of those facets on the money that I pull in as a performer is, it is not a long-term strategy for success uh not yep. having enough yep. money to uh to really live your life cuz we and we are fortunate in this american society to not just survive but but actually live and entertain ourselves and um you know had I, I had i not been gifted the entry into this particular bowling league i i wouldn't have been able to afford bowling either but it, it is the the lack of funding to live the, live the life that I want to live is something that, uh, quite frankly, I, I would think it possible that I could give up this career.
2: Hmm.
0: Well, uh, to, to, I guess, stick with that theme of lacking, for me, why I'll never make it is because I lack consistency. Mm. Case in point a couple of days ago I was at an audition and uh I I actually did the Avida National Tour the most recent one based upon the Broadway revival mm-hmm. and so I you know I was a part of that tour for 9 months before eventually leaving and, and and going on to do other shows but for that 9 months you know I was an understudy of of Peron Juan Peron the character and ne- never actually went on but for 9 months I rehearsed every week and we had understudy rehearsals and so yeah. So I, I I knew that role. By the time I left, I knew it. So then the opportunity came to audition for the same show again at a regional theater, this time actually being the role of Juan Brome. And now, you know, I had to kind of get it back, you know, it was like riding a bicycle, but I had to kinda of get back, oh, right, right, that's how this song goes, blah 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 blah. blah. So I, I, I prepared a song from the show and I went in there and the first question they said is, All right, what what side do you want to do? I'm like, I I'm well, I, d- I didn't get any sides, and they all looked at themselves like, "Oh, oh, oh uh, 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 all, all right. well, just do whatever you've prepared." So fortunately, I prepared a song from the show. And so,, uh, yeah, so th- so I, I, t- I tell the guy behind the piano what I'm doing, and and we start singing. I think I like miss, miss one word, but but, you know, whatever. J- just keep going. Then we get to the the second stanza, second verse of this song, and literally no words are in my head. I'm like, what's the word? What's the word? What's the word? And then I just look up at the pianist and said, I, I, th- I think we're off. You know, we're, I don't think we're together. Again, not blaming him, but just trying to say it in another way that, that I forgot lyrics. So yeah. then we finally get back on track. I finished the song and they're all like, well, well, thank you. And I'm like, do you need anything else? Nope, nope, nope. They're all just looking, nope, nope, we're good. And then, so I, I of course feel like an absolute heel and just Ill, ill-prepared and pretty much untalented in the fact that I can't remember words to a show that I did for nine months straight. There you go.
1: Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's debilitating.
0: Um, and, and, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah to, to say the least. And it's, it's important to, to think of this as like sort of an amateur hour, right? Like a, a beginner misstep. Uh, but it, oh, it's something oh, that, yeah. that is occurring now right this this late i mean in your career
0: just graduated Um, yeah in the the senate and the clowns of
1: things uh they're (laughs) they they're already here and and you're still making Mm -hmm. mistakes like this and it's it i i'm boy do i feel that i i'm I'm, i i have blocked out um specific references to that in my head um Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. uh and actually this just happened to me like three weeks ago, I I started the second verse of a song, and I and I started that second verse with the opening lyrics to the first verse, and I just stopped and I said, "Ah, what you you guys you guys heard enough? That's we'll call it there." Uh, <laughs> and uh, well, that's fine. Everybody laughed. Now, we, we all had a good time. That's one way to
0: handle it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Mm. But oh, but we are we are still here.
0: Still here. Now, now, now. now, I I will keep my why I'm still here story just a little bit shorter because it it it's actually it it was actually not not necessarily epiphany. That's that's a bit too strong of a word, but it was definitely a moment of of recognition because I was preparing for a class, and the this class was all right. Prepare a song that's like the bullseye. It's like if if they're looking for this character, you your name is the character description because it's you. And so and so I was preparing a song from Les Mis, The Role of Javert, which I've never done, but it's a role bucket list, one of my top roles that I want to do. Yeah. So I was preparing the song and just in preparing the song, in and kind of working on it again and getting it ready for class, I was like enjoying it. I was i was I was happy, I was excited, I was you know listening to other recordings and i was I was you know singing along with the music and I, w- I was really look, listening to the words and and trying to get an arc for the story of the song and I was like, "Oh, this is like fun." so it was a wonderful moment, e- even though it was you know in my living room, just kind of going over songs, it was still a moment of recognition of right, if I can do more of this, if I can have." And, needless to say for that class I did not forget any words so maybe it's not lack of consistency but lack of preparation I prepared a whole heck of a lot more for uh, the class right so a, another lesson to be learned
1: and and why and another lesson to learn into why I'll never make it is uh, just that uh, yeah. lack of preparation um, yeah so I, I I'm still here because I'm I'm actually working on a show right now a humble brag, uh, but I am doing it for free so that's the uh, humble part of that, and <laughs> it, it is it is a show about um, killing cats, and it's based on a true story from the 1700s, and it it killing is cats killing cats um it's uh, 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 okay. All right. uh, what, what, what's the name of that? Uh, the Great Cat Massacre is the name of the show. Um, I don't know if it'll huh. be playing when you hear this, but uh, uh, it's a fun show. So if you ever hear about it playing, go and see it. Um, but the Great Cat Massacre is about killing cats, and it's just fun. And I and I'm doing this for free, which is why I have no money. But I <laughs> I can't stop doing it because I'm. It's it is it's recess. Um, I, I'm going in there. It's a, it, it is an equity showcase code, so it's all above board. Um, but w- I, I'm just having a ball working on these songs and the show. I play a, a ghost of a cat that's coming back and, and haunting the people that, that killed him. Um,
0: it's, it's weird. And now, speaking of a bullseye roll, speaking of bullseye roll, yeah. that's you, Ghost Cat. If I if I think of what Dewey is, Dewey is a dead cat.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm still here. Uh, but it it does <laughs> it, it does it does bring me to um, is it just me? What mm-hmm. What is it? I I wonder if it's just me, or is there. An enormous number of me's in this business. And I I'm positive that you it's mean, not you
0: mean you mean your type? You mean people like you? Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's exactly what I mean. Mm-hmm. I I I go in for a number of commercial auditions as well. It's not just you that does that, Patrick. Um and
0: this is true you actually do audition you don't just get free stuff free roles handed to you you actually have to audition yeah
1: it's not it's not all just like uh, like offer only for for this guy no I I work at it (laughs) Um, but (laughs) every time I go to one of these auditions like I I'm great at what I do the problem is there's a bunch of other people that are great at what they do and that thing that they do is pretty close to what I do and uh, it's I I wonder how many of me there are in this business because every audition I meet at least one or two more that I'd never met before that are me, um, and I'm 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 just wondering if if that's just me or you know like if there's a if there's a deity up there like why he's not uh, shuffling the deck a little more often um, a little more Russian roulette with with what those parents are putting together right. out there in the world. Um, but I, I don't think it's just me. I I uh, 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 Tammy, my my uh, my wife, she's uh, she experiences this on a, a far larger scale because there's uh, for women, there are far fewer roles, and there are far more women uh, looking for each one of those. Um, but
0: but, uh, but does her accent put her apart though?
1: Well, look, everything sets us apart once we actually get in the room and we get to talk to a human being and let this them is know true. what this we is actually are. But yeah. it's getting into yeah. that room with the headshot and the resume mm-hmm. and the like just the little bit that they get to see from your, you know, your reel or your whatever it is that they're looking at. Um there's plenty of people that are pretty close to what I do. Uh, it, but it's it's getting into that room to actually show them like, "No, I've got this little edge. I've got this thing that I think will fit perfectly into your thing." Uh, it's, it's tough right, to get in that right. room when there's a million of you that, that a casting director or a producer a is just sifting through.
0: Yeah. I, I, would agree that the, from just headshots and resumes alone, a lot of people, I mean, that, that is kind of the, the common denominator amongst us all and can really, you can easily lump people into certain groups just based upon that. But, but you're right. Once you actually are a live person, then you can really showcase who you are and why you're different. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, good. I'm glad it's well, not just me. Well, no, 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 no. It, it really isn't just you. And for me, is it just me or are people not aware of other people anymore?
1: I'm sorry. Meaning I'm sorry. I'm hearing someone speaking on um, the other line. Uh,
0: I'm, not, I'm not very aware of it, but I, I feel like there's another voice <laughs> here. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. You're, 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 you are not alone as, a... Uh, as the great Michael Jackson once sang, and I think other people don't realize they're not alone because they, you know, when they go through life, they're a lot of times either buried in their phone or just walking, or especially here in the city, I think it's more noticeable because we're so we're, we're crowded yeah. and we see each other a lot. You know, you're constantly running into people. Sometimes literally, but then also just there's many people coming at you. And so, whether you're getting onto the train, whether you're you know walking into a building, whatever it is, it just seems like people are kind of out for themselves. And you know, the 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 simple thing of whether it's you know people coming off the subway train or out of an elevator, let the people off before you get on. Oh my God! Like this seems like a very simple simple concept to me. But others are just like, oh, doors are open. I gotta go. And it's like subway well, and et- them off so et- we can get on. The etiquette of subways, elevators and sidewalks, if
1: I if I ever, well, I'm sorry, when I run for mayor of New York, that is going right. to be my platform. I realize there were bigger, more important issues out there, but you know, because of, of uh, my position in the world, none of them affect me nearly as much as sidewalk etiquette. And so that's as what I'm going courtesy. to focus
0: on. I think, you know what? I I, th- I think it's good to have a niche, a, a platform, as you just said, mm-hmm. that, that really gets down to the, to. I mean, yes, we can all talk about, you know, money for this or that or budget, yeah, but when it gets down to like the day-to-day involving New Yorkers in, in the city, I think the, that's a huge issue.
1: Look, if a Coke can change the world, uh, a sign right. that just says "stay to the right" and "no walking in pairs down smaller sidewalks." I, I think that can mm-hmm. change the world too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I've because I've I've been to Tokyo and there it's like th- there there are no signs anywhere. However, every single escalator, people stand to the right, they walk to the left, mm. and and so it mm. doesn't matter. D- doesn't matter their age. Doesn't matter wh- where they're going or how fast they need to get there. Everyone stands to the right of the escalator, so there's that path for uh, people who need to walk. Well, look,
1: It's amazing. We, we are in luck because we have an emperor of etiquette in our very midst here. Oh, oh, do we? Yeah, and I, 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 would, like, I would like for us to, uh, to go ahead and, and, and bring her out now.
0: You know what? I, 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 I can't wait. I, I'm going to ask her these questions and, and see what she says. So smart. So smart. Let's do it.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, I, I cannot uh, say to you that I see Casey, because she's not here in front of me, but I can hear her, and I'd, <laughs> I'd like to introduce you to the world-renowned
0: Casey Aaron Clark. Uh,
3: world-renowned? I've yeah, never been but, introduced like that before, but I'll take it.
0: Well, he just he just called you the Empress of Courtesy as well, so you have oh, a lot to live up to. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh thats that's another title i've i've also never uh had bestowed upon me before so we'll have to we'll have to dig into I, how Dewey thinks i've earned that title
1: i would love i would love to see if that's true i i think we we might even be able to like <laughs> like google it and i bet it's come up because
0: um
1: why well, i don't i don't mean to get right into this no one knows who you are yet we haven't really introduced you let's save this little tidbit yeah, for oh, and a little it, bit
0: it, let's take this moment all right go yeah uh
1: so uh casey and i were in a show together in the past so uh, because of that i can tell you with reckless abandon casey is one of our uh businesses like absolute best performers uh she's got this amazing voice uh and that's just the performer side of her um she has her like hands in all kinds of pieces of this business and i'm hoping that we can
0: bend your ear about uh, at least one or two of them while you're here well i can't wait cuz i i'm just now meeting casey for the first time and i am just a flutter with anticipation <laughs>
3: Well, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I may have been a bit oversold, but that's okay. I can I can roll. <laughs> I'm an actress. We're you know what? we're good at we're good at taking direction. You know.
0: Yeah. Well, you're on a podcast called Why I'll Never Make It. So believe me, none of us are oversold.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Cheers.
1: Um. So, Casey. Um. You you have a business that is. I, I think thriving, at least uh, as far as I've read about it, and it's in. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the wrong thing, and then I want you to correct me and and tell what, what this really is. But it's in like using your voice, right? Vocal technique, is that right?
3: Yeah. So I am. i kind of doing all things around the human voice right now. So in addition to performing, I also teach. Singing and audition coaching to both amateurs and professionals of kind of all ages. But in addition to that, about four years ago now, I started a business called Vital Voice Training. So we work, we bring these skills of the toolbox of the actor to business professionals. So we're working with business people on public speaking, on one on one communication, on How their vocal instrument actually works on a technical level is definitely part of it, but it's really a a holistic approach to what does it feel like to speak with confidence? Because actors have a lot of training in that, and I think that we can bring those tools to the general public and and also uh, kind of destroy some myths about what it means to be an artist in the process. My husband and I were actually talking about this earlier because we're in the midst of redesigning our website. So we were talking about the, the language on our corporate page and how to communicate it really precisely what we, what it is that we do and what value we bring to corporations when we come in and do a workshop. Yeah. And uh, th- there's so many misnomers. I feel like in the general public about what an actor actually does. And I think that the biggest one is like, what it means to act is that you put on this mask from the outside and you fake it. Right. And that's, of course, not at all what we do. It, that's That's a very, very small part of what we do. What we're really striving to do on stage is is be find the character within ourselves in a really authentic way, and then play within a set of given circumstances, which is exactly what you have to do in the business world. You have to play within your given circumstances, and hopefully, honor those and simultaneously show up in all of your humanities that you bring the best of yourself to the table and that's what we get to do with business people and it's actually really really fun.
2: Yeah.
0: Now, do they do they have fun cuz I I'm imagining these these corporate kind of like, you know, stiff collar and and they're just very professional and maybe they didn't get public speaking in college or wherever. So, I imagine you get a lot of people who are tense and a little stiff and stressed out about it.
3: Very much so. I, I mean, th- there's a old adage, right, that pub- people feel public speaking worse than death, right? There was a whole science <laughs> right? thing about that. Um, but, and it's true. There, there is a lot of uh, deep, deep fear around public speaking yeah. and communicating in front of an audience. What, the other thing that we get to talk about with them, in addition to sort of authenticity within given circumstances, is the skill that actors have, which is I can hold nerves in my body and not be hijacked by them. I can simultaneously feel nervous and confident. And that is not something I think that the general populace even knows is possible, let alone perhaps desirable. And the thing thing that I always say is if you're not nervous, you might be a sociopath.
2: Yeah, I believe. And being in front of people doesn't affect you. Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, if you if you have if you have no nerves whatsoever, if you're like, "Eh, whatever, you know, no big deal. I mean, I, I I always feel that little jilt of energy before I go on stage, no matter how prepared I am, no matter how many times I've done the show that I'm doing. I mean, I I was on the Lamest Tour for. Eighteen months and visited the show six hundred and fifty-two times. So, uh, wow. was well, I you
2: nervous?
3: Right. I, well, they counted for me, and I just kind of took note. But um,
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> the uh, was I nervous by the six hundred and fiftieth show? Not necessarily, but I did still feel that that little excitement that little tingle, you know, you hear the magic notes or you hear a particular part of the show that you love. And and you're always striving to bring that excitement on stage with you and let it be part of the flow and part of the energy as opposed to being like, Oh God, this is going to kill me. Yeah.
1: And this is a big thing we talk about. And that's actually something. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I I was just going to say, that's a, that's a big thing we talk about here, which is the, um, at the 652nd time when you get, a group of of quality performers, it's nerves is not the right word for it, but there is a knowledge that there is uh, that there is that perfection is possible, and and that it's just out of reach. Wait, <laughs> at that level, it's yeah, just huh? you know at lower levels it's really far out of reach, but at that level it's just out of reach. But if you if you can just you can get it exactly right if you can if, if you can line up with that crowd and the crowd has to be right too uh, that you can get to perfection and so again nerves isn't the right word but there is there's there's an anticipation there's a there's a an expectation yep. of yourself that you will at least be striving for that perfection even if you don't necessarily get to achieve it uh, ever or.
2: You know, and and
3: here's time. where I'm gonna I'm gonna belie my descriptor of embers of etiquette because I'm gonna just totally disagree with you. I don't think perfection is ever possible, and uh, but I you do know, think excellence I was that actually about to agree with you,
2: Casey. Yeah, <laughs>
3: uh, I I think that excellence is possible, and I and actually one of the main reasons why I I'm kind of passionate about releasing this idea of perfection is because nearly every human being who comes in front of me, both artists and business people, is sort of on the scale of I'm a perfectionist, some of them to a level of extremity that is like <laughs> really intense. And yeah. I think probably it's because perfectionists uh, find each other. I am definitely a perfectionist. And I think that my, my journey as an artist for the last, you know, upteen years of my career has been about releasing my perfectionist tendencies and, and giving up present performance not a perfect performance Hmm. because if i'm striving for perfect then i'm not actually there in the moment i'm letting the little director in my head take over Uh and uh and i I, you know i want to be there in the moment on stage with my scene partner or if i'm giving a speech at a women's conference with the audience that's in front of me and the message that i care so deeply about and just be in the moment and let let mistakes or let, you know, new information or, or new ideas kind of just be part of the flow. And, and to me, what comes out of that is so much more interesting than perfection.
0: Yeah, I, I was actually going to, to restate something that, that Dewey said. Instead of, instead of this, um, I don't know, this expectation or anticipation of, of what the show can be, I think, I think there is pressure Put upon us, especially once we've done a show six hundred times or whatever, that we know we we know the, the, the level it can reach. We 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 know you know those nights when we've been on when the audience is with us. So we know kind of where that where where that where that kind of peak is, and then we, yeah. we want to try to get to that peak again. And um yeah, so so I I, th- I think there so nerves yes aren't aren't really present by the six hundredth show, but there is a pressure. Because we know that at this certain moment, the audience will react this way, and I, and I just need to do it this way. And when they don't react, or they react to some part that they've never laughed at or before, you're like, oh, that, that, that was new. And, and like you said, being open to that. Because as much as you're acting with the person next to you, the, the audience, they, I, I, th- I think many audiences don't realize how much of a back and forth that is with, with, with us and them as well.
2: Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Um, by the way, uh, I, I feel like we're, we've gotten just a little bit of information out there for our audience to to kind of know Casey a little better. Um, the the thing I was going to mention before of why um, why she might be this emperor uh, is <laughs>
2: um,
1: correct me if I'm wrong, but I I look you you have lots of fame in the hearts of many people that that. Your work is touched, and that, particularly this this uh, uh, coaching and and these vocal uh, things that you guys, that you're working on, uh, have helped a lot of people. So you are a star in your own right. That said, I did you not get a, like 15 seconds of fame once with or 15 minutes of fame? I don't remember how that works anymore. And now with the internet, isn't it like a lifetime of it? But,
3: oh my God, I know what you're talking about
2: now. <laughs> oh, I'm so intrigued. What, what is out there? Yeah. That, what is
3: this?
2: What is this? I'm, on, I'm
0: on Google now. Just tell me. <laughs>
2: Are, is, it, is, it, is it
3: cool?
0: I didn't ask if we,
1: if we could talk about this, but I...
3: Oh my God, no, it's totally cool. We can oh, talk about it. Okay.
1: I, I adore this story. <laughs> I don't know if any of you have heard of a, a little, little musical called Hamilton. Um, but it's, uh, it's been playing in New York for a while and it's in a couple of other cities. I, I mean, you probably haven't heard of it. I, I imagine you haven't. Uh, it's, it's, it might make it's it about George into Hamilton, your right? ears someday. Um, but prior to its, its broad fame, it, it was off broad at a, a theater called the public, um, which is, uh, what is it? The, the village? I guess that's a village. Wherever that is, yeah, it's like
3: down by NYU. Yeah, yeah,
1: and uh, it got some notoriety real fast. And oh yeah, every celebrity and um, and their brother came to see this show. It it sold out immediately. It was impossible to get tickets unless you're people like Casey Aaron Clark, and then you might have been able to swing a ticket and sit next to, I believe it was Madonna
3: the
1: queen of pop herself and wow uh, and uh, now it's going to get fuzzy for me and and i know this actually happened to you so you'll you'll be a little clearer (laughs) on this but uh, i believe the queen of pop herself um there there is an idea that at some point in time during the actual performance she was on her phone for one reason or another look she's the queen of pop and as the queen who knows what she's got going on in her life and uh whatever it was um there was somebody there who uh decided that that was not the most courteous way to behave in the theater to your fellow <laughs> theater goers again we're getting to why you're the emperor of this um and you i believe you sent a tweet uh on twitter about oh god
3: this? The, the the tweet that 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 gave me my fifteen seconds of internet
2: fame. Yeah. Oh wow. uh,
1: And uh, and so so this is this now. I'm about to go into hyperbole here, but uh, I believe that um, Lin Manuel Miranda uh, saw the tweet um, sometime before the end of the show. And
3: oh, I no, I don't think he actually saw the tweet. I think he just straight up saw the Queen of Pop because. Uh, I did not tweet until after the show. Oh. But during, during the Broadway Cares Equity Fights Aid speech where they asked for donations, uh, Mr. Miranda mentioned that there was a particular high-ticket item. That a high-ticket item was he was going to record your, uh, your away message on your phone for you, your, your voicemail message,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and it cost $1,000. And he said during this BCFA speech... I know there are a few people in the audience tonight, one of whom was on their phone for most of act two, who can afford this. And the whole audience went,
2: (gasps) whoa, (laughs) but but, but they didn't know who it was at that time.
3: Well, perhaps I should start from the beginning.
2: (laughs) Uh, Yes, Yes, please do. (laughs)
3: <laughs> so, to start. <laughs> so it's so funny um that afternoon apparently michelle obama saw the show and That's i was right. just, like so brokenhearted that i had missed michelle obama but uh, a friend of ours works for the public and so when we showed up he he was kind of telling us oh there's a this big pop star celebrity who's going to come tonight uh just so you guys know just keep an eye out for her so we got to our seats. it's a fairly small theater it's only about I, it's like a little over 200 seats, I guess. Yeah. And there were four empty seats directly in front of me and my husband. And I leaned over to him and I was like, I wonder about where she's going to sit. And then actually after the show started, a couple songs in, in walk Madonna along with a friend of hers and a giant bodyguard. This right. dude was humongous. And they proceeded to sit directly in front of us. <sighs> So I was so literally looking over Madonna's shoulder. Okay. They're already coming right. in late. Yep. And uh, she was not incognito, put it that way. Like she was not dressed to be like, <laughs> nobody noticed me. She was dressed to be Madonna going to see a show. Everybody look around and see me. So then <laughs> she did uh, pull out her phone several times during act one. Kind of intermission came and it, I really didn't notice it a whole lot at act one, mostly because what was happening in front of me stage was so utterly extraordinary. And I will maintain to this day that Hamilton is the best, not just show the best single piece of art I have ever viewed in my entire life. It was just incredible. Yeah. Uh, And, uh, and so, you know, I was able to stay in it despite the distraction in front of me, but my husband and I were kind of talking about it during intermission. And then throughout act 2 it got even worse she was almost on a, at one point she actually had two devices out she had a phone and a blackberry out on her lap and oh, uh, it was ridic- it was ridiculous so yeah it, it got to it got to the quietest part like right before the end of the show there's a, there's a particularly quiet moment and you know queen of pop just glowing right there out in the audience and this little old man who was sitting a couple seats down from me leans over and he hisses shut yeah. And she did. <laughs> she she turned around and she and she kind of gave her the dirty look, but then she put it away. So then, Lin Manuel makes this announcement during you know after the after the curtain call, and so we're kind of like, well. And the thing is, you know, for anyone listening to this podcast who has never been on stage while someone is on their phone in the audience, no matter what the size of the theater is, when you are on your phone, you are lit Obvious. up like a star yeah. in the heavens. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's a sea of black. And then a lit up person, so, uh, so and especially if the subtle, lit up person
1: like, is Madonna.
3: Yeah, n- n- wearing well, a lot and, of sequins. And, and, if and I, I was calling correctly.
0: Of course, and I'm sure the cast knew that Madonna was going to be in the show. Generally, cast
3: will know yeah.
2: big name people are going to be in the audience.
3: Yeah. Well, and again, as Diri said, like you know, this was the celebrity magnet, and all of them, you know, would go backstage and take pictures, and then they'd show up on playbill the next day. Well, so. Chris and I, Chris, my husband, and I were walking home after the show, and and just talking about how unbelievable the show's. We watched, we walked like forty blocks that night because we just couldn't stop talking about it. We were just kind of enjoying the beautiful weather, and I had tweeted something as we exited the theater that was probably not particularly well thought out. Uh, I, I said something like that time you want to smack madonna upside the head for tweet for, for being on her phone during one of the best shows i've ever seen and right. i hashtagged it hamilton now at that point in time i had probably 200 indifferent twitter followers all of whom i knew <laughs> in real life like this yeah. was not like i was not i was not like a person on twitter at right. all i was just talking to my facebook friends basically um, but as we walked home this this 40 block walk my hip kept buzzing. My phone was in my pocket and my hip was buzzing. And I pulled out my phone at one point. And I'm like, huh, that's so weird. I'm getting retweeted. Who knew? In fact, my phone back in my pocket didn't think anything of it. Well, so we got home later and, and I was looking at, and I saw that I had been retweeted several times, but I also saw that Lin-Manuel had tweeted something about how a certain celebrity, and he did not name her, a certain celebrity was on her phone during the show and she was not invited backstage afterwards. Oh. Well, the next morning, he had deleted that tweet. Right. I mean, obviously, it had been screen kept, but he deleted it. I'm sure the public theater was like, "Dude, let's not yeah. start shit with people." Ooh, yeah, you, can't, hurt. you can't. You can't start a fight uh, with Madonna. Yeah. You just can't start with a fight with Madonna. So anyway, but but I didn't take my tweet down. Well, I got a I got a text message from one of my one of my dear friends the next morning, and she's like, "Uh, Casey, uh, check out this Playbill article." <laughs> And there it was. There was my tweet. Screen captain oh, added to goodness. this cradle article. And I was like, that's weird. Well, what I didn't realize was that Madonna apparently has a reputation for doing this and in fact was banned from the Alvo Draft House cinema chain <laughs> for texting during 12 years a slave. Like, wow. what?
2: Wow. So, wow. so
3: apparently she has a reputation for doing this. And I didn't realize that I was like, like adding on to something that was already a thing. I was just like, this is crazy, whatever, who cares? So anyway, this story got picked up by various gossip outlets because Hamilton was kind of big news at that point in time and because Madonna had this reputation. And I was the only tweet that actually named the person. So I started getting a lot of attention. I got an email from People Magazine. Did
2: you tag Madonna? as well.
3: I did, did not tag him? Madonna. No. I just I but, just but have but, but like once Hamilton. you tag
2: Hamilton, yeah. Okay. Uh,
3: yeah, exactly. So so anyway, so at first as the story was blowing up, the response from the rabid Madonna fans was the Queen of Pop can do whatever she wants. How dare you know, who who the hell are you? You know blah, blah, blah. like so that was the response. But then a couple of days later, uh Madonna's publicist issued an official denial they were like that's ridiculous madonna would never do such a thing and she was invited backstage but she didn't have time to go she had an event afterwards or something so then it wasn't just that i was daring to out the queen of pop who could do whatever she wants it's that i was lying about you're a liar
2: right
3: and so then I started to get casual suggestions to kill myself,
2: okay, just, which but just was casual. delightful. Just, yeah. like,
3: I mean, like, it was like, you just should jump off a cliff or yeah. like, uh, hey, lots of, whoa. lots of lovely, yeah, just a friendly reminder. For female genitalia. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, I mean, it was, it, it got pretty intense. It, it got to the point where, uh, where I actually like had to turn off Twitter notifications and, and delete the app from my phone. And like, I, like, I was like, I can't, I just can't. I can't pay attention to this anymore, and and the thing about this is, um, I I wrote a whole blog post on it. It was like, I was like, okay, I learned a lot of lessons from this situation. Number one, I I should have phrased it better. You know, even a joking suggestion that I would have committed any sort of violence toward her, smack her upside the head, was not well thought out. Would the tweet have gone viral if I hadn't been kind of snarky? Probably not because well thought out tweets don't go viral. Mm-hmm. Um, Sparky tweets
0: go viral. I don't know. I don't know. I I I, I propose that it still would have gone as, as viral because you you mentioned it, her by name and it was it with have.
2: Hamilton and Limonwell brought it up. Yeah. And so yeah.
3: So definitely could have phrased it better. But, but the the biggest kind of lesson that I that I learned from this was like. Especially be careful what you tweet, but also stand up for what you believe in simultaneously. And, yeah. and I say that because women with opinions on the internet get a lot of crap. And some of it is just plain old ugliness, like what I got. And some of it is death threats and rape threats and, and, like, and hideous, like, like life-ruining misogyny thrown at them. And, and I got the, the slightest taste of it and it still deeply affected my well-being for yeah. a, a, a couple of weeks. And and so and great. then I look at people like Lindy West and I look at people like Jessica Valenti who left Twitter for a while because her her 5-year-old daughter was getting raped. Yeah. It was like we know where you live and we're going to we're going to rape and murder your 5-year-old child. Like like what I went through is so tiny and insignificant and piddly and stupid next to that. But I admire those women for standing up for what they believe in. Now, you know, we can argue about whether theater etiquette is is worthy. Of, <laughs> it's, it's not anywhere on the same level as, as what these brave women are standing for, but it, but it it did teach me uh, a little something about standing, standing in my truth and not backing down. I was like, "No, I'm not going to delete this tweet. Yeah. No, I'm not going to be counted as saying I was lying because I'm not lying. Yeah. I was yeah. there. I saw it.
0: But also to your point. It, it's about going to see a theater show, and so it really doesn't reach the level of people needing to rape you or do do horrible things to you because you called someone out for texting.
2: It, you know,
3: for, you know for her, rude her, behavior. Her
2: yeah,
0: right, right, right. You know, you know, when it comes to to immigration and you know, North Korea is going to nuke us. I mean, they're big. They yes, they're huge issues in the world. But tweeting uh, tweeting about you know someone texting in front of you should not rise to the level of death threats.
3: <laughs> it really, really shouldn't. <laughs> and exactly. I think that probably the thing that made me so, so annoyed at her for this is like, dude, you're a live performer. You know what it's like yeah. to stand on stage and, and do your best to connect with your audience in front of you. And, and you know, yes, live concerts are a bit different from live theater, but, but you should have respect for how hard those performers were working and, and what incredible art they were creating on for you as a, you know, as an offering in that artistic way that we offer our ourselves and our arts, the audience, like how you could, like, I, I get it. Like if you've got an emergency and you need to pull your phone out once, like, okay, it's rude, but like fine. But I could see what she was doing and it didn't look like an emergency to me. And if it is, Leave the theater, dude. You're gonna like make a lot less trouble if you just get up and walk out. Like, if this is not your thing, if you don't like it, leave. But also back to
1: back to what you said at the top. Like, she was very clearly Madonna. Like, like being Madonna when she walked in late to the show, she knew she was a spectacle there. So the idea that she would continue to draw attention to herself with that knowledge means she was actively engaged in. Like distracting people from this show,
3: and like being a dick.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, that is yeah, why it's, it's th- crazy. That is why I would view you as this this emperor. I mean, we we, it, it, we were talking about Japan, so it, it came from that. But 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 honestly, <laughs> that's, uh, right.
2: that's uh, so
1: funny. And the fact that you have stood your ground in it, and, and and quite frankly, um, you know, I think uh, you you touched on. Um, women in the world, quite frankly, uh, as much as women in this business, and I, I think I view you as a leader in that as well. Uh, in that world, oh my god, and, thank you. Yeah, and I and I,
3: I strive to be.
1: And I frequently will, you know, when it's when some issue has occurred that uh, is is sort of blowing up in the world, um, like I I I take the the adage of I don't like I'm I'm a middle aged white guy. Uh, I probably shouldn't be the one to speak first <laughs> or loudest. And and I'll often take my cues from uh, whatever it is that you uh, and a couple of other people might come up with on um, what a way forward might be.
3: Um, well, thank you. I Well, and, and Lord knows you've seen me stand up for uh, a few things in, in the theater world as well. <laughs> That's uh, right.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah uh, it's, you know... It, and, and I, I do think that I actually just went to the Kennedy Center American College Theater Festival uh, Region 3, which is the Midwest, which is actually uh, my home region.
1: Mine as well.
3: Uh, my Yes. Uh, so I, I got to judge and coach the musical theater competition there. But in addition, I got to do a workshop that I called Starving Artists, Tortured Geniuses and the Big Black Book in the Sky. Myth busting the biz. So I, I have all these soapboxes, right? Wow, that and, that is
0: a lot going on in that, in that Yeah, it was like
3: way too long of a title, session. but I like a
2: lot of words. <laughs> so,
3: so I I I have a lot of uh I have a lot of soapboxes about the artistic world and, and what it does. The myths within the artistic world that keep us poor, that keep us mentally unhealthy. That keep us lonely. That keep us feeling inadequate. That keep us uh, basically miserable. And yeah. uh, and I, 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 it's kind of my my personal mission, uh, along with all the other personal missions that I have, and there are a lot of them. Sometimes they can get overwhelming, but uh, it, it's very important to me. I feel like to talk to the next generation that's coming into this business and be like, no, not only do uh, you not need to hate your support job? You can like your support job, and it can help you be a better artist. Oh, yeah. Because guess what? This business doesn't pay very well. <laughs> You're going to have to have a support job. So why not have one that you actually, that doesn't suck your soul dry every time you walk into it?
2: Exactly.
0: exactly. Things like that. Yeah. And 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 the thing is like us as performers, like you say we 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 often go from jobs to jobs that don't make a lot of money, and then we'll hit it big, whether it's a tour or a Broadway show or something. but a lot of times those smaller those smaller uh, roles, whether they're paid or unpaid, just kind of keep us going and artistically um, I, I guess keep keep those muscles working artistically and, 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 absolutely and
2: yeah.
0: and when it comes to survival jobs yeah I, i've I've actually as much as I needed some extra income, there are some jobs I just couldn't do because I knew for myself, I would either hate the job or hate myself for doing it. And I was yeah. like, I just mm-hmm. can't have my soul sucked like that. I'll find something else. It's a little simpler or, you know, with, with friends or you know, I'll find something else. But yeah, I've, I've had to say no to some jobs as, as much as it would have been nice to have had the income.
2: Yeah. So, well,
3: then it's, I- Go ahead. I think sometimes that it stems from the sort of main framing of of my theory about these myths is that theater in its own way has a lot in common with religion, Mm. and that there are, there's like, here's the central organizing myth. And if you don't subscribe to this central organizing myth, then you are, you know, not a real theater person and a real artist. And one of those real artist myths. One of the things that I feel like kids get told all the time is only do this if it's the only thing in the world you can imagine doing. And it's one of those things that seems helpful on the surface and actually is incredibly reductive and unhelpful. I am a smart woman. I can imagine doing a lot of things with my life. And not only can I imagine doing a lot of things with my life, I am doing a lot of things with my life. And guess what? You're going to have to, too. So, so let's get over this idea that like like you have to be so devoted to the theater that it's the only thing in your life that can possibly make you happy Yeah. because that's a really good way to put so much pressure on this on, on this art form that you end up hating it. That's why and I that bowl. So because whether that I it, want:
0: Yeah because whether it's a, a person or a job or a career, you, you, you can't put all your eggs in any one basket and expect that entity, that person, that job to fulfill you 100%. We are well-rounded Dad, yes. people who need a bunch of different facets in order to, 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 to make us whole. Yeah,
3: And it makes you a better artist, too. Like, slavish devotion to the, to the detriment of, of relationships, to the detriment of hobbies, to the detriment of interests and, and engagement in the world. Slavish devotion to theater at the expense of all of that stuff makes you a boring actor, in my opinion. <laughs> well, and how,
1: how are, yeah, how are yeah. we supposed to portray life if we're not living it?
3: God, yes, yes!
1: There it is. I'm there shaking is. my
3: fist in my living
2: room.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, wow. uh, Casey, can wow. you do the world a favor and let them know how to find you um, as this sort of teacher that you are? and, and, and performer, like if they need you for a gig.
3: Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> so here's a, here's a little why I'll never make it for you guys. Uh, my website's been down for 18 months, but you know what? How about it's going to get back up. It's going to get back up. <laughs> okay. So, so K- KCR I swear to God, will be back up and active here in the next month. Okay. Uh, so there's that. By the way, also when you always find me on social media.
1: Yeah, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but but just uh, uh, you may be hearing this at a time when this website is up, so don't wait till next month. Go ahead and check it out now, because yes. it could be just up check right it out, now. And
3: if you see that away message, if you see if you see that the site's still being built message, feel free to email me at Casey at yahoo dot com <laughs> and tell me to get my freaking website together.
1: But also nope, then ask no her threat. for, like, assistance. But, but, a, but
0: a nice nudging, please.
1: Yeah. Like, <laughs> Listen, don't just I, use I, that I, email I, for that. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah. And uh, you, if you're interested in, in coaching as a business person, vitalvoicetraining.com is my my coaching for the business professional. KCR and Clark is going to be kind of all of it. It'll have links to schedule a voice lesson with me. You can hear me sing. You can hire me to do your Broadway show. I will happily take it. Uh, and, uh, and I look forward to hearing from anybody who wishes to contact me.
2: Awesome. Love it. Love it. Well, this has been, this has been, I, I,
0: I yeah. because I did not realize that this was the ZKC who outed Madonna at <laughs> Hamilton. So oh my I, God.
2: <laughs> could it be on I my know. tombstone. You're ZKC.
0: Right you' you're <laughs> uh, so, so this this has been a, an enjoyable enjoyable time to
3: talk to you.
1: yeah, well, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. I
3: had a great time with you guys
1: and and thank you all uh right. well to the listener as well um for uh, hearing us in in our futuristic setup where we're all in disparate locations and still speaking to each other, and ultimately to you uh the future is here wow future is here and the future may be uh in a couple of weeks so uh look out for our next episode which will be dot 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 we don't know
0: (laughs) which is another reason why we'll never make it that's right all right thanks everybody bye-bye The Wild Never Make It podcast is hosted by Dewey Cadell and Patrick Oliver Jones and produced by Dylan Adams. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, where you can leave us amazing reviews, of course. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at while Never Make It or via email at while Never Make It at gmail.com. Lastly, we now have a website, I'll Never Make It.com. You know, Dewey, it certainly sounds like we're making it. I'm not making it, I'll never make it.